0: light through. Episode 14, Trader Joe's and Mo. And the Mo there is short for more, because there's going to be a lot more in this podcast than me talking about Trader Joe, although I will be talking about Trader Joe's. Let me first wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a good Kwanzaa, and a I don't know, I guess, a successful winter solstice. I don't know what the proper adjective is for that, but I'm all in favor of it. And you may hear right now playing in the background a familiar song. It's not uh, a typical winter season song, but I I thought it was uh, appropriate for this time of year. It's an acoustic rendition of Over the Rainbow by B.J. Cunningham. And later on in this podcast, we're going to actually play a complete song by B.J. Cunningham that he wrote. This, of course, is the famous, and I think beautiful, uh, Over the Rainbow, which is really what holidays are all about, getting beyond the usual. But let's begin with something which is very usual, very mundane, something we need to do every day more than once and that's eat. And you can't get much more commonplace than food. Although at least one philosopher, one of my favorites, Karl R. Popper, wrote about 30 or 40 years ago that our most significant interactions with the world, with reality, are when we eat, Because that's the only time that we take part of the outside world and we literally ingest it and make it part of ourselves. So food is also a very profound thing, and it's fun to talk about, and hey, it tastes great. And this brings me to Trader Joe's, which may seem like an unusual subject for a podcast, but, you know, we've done podcasts on Prius and Bluetooth on Crocs, and I like to mix into our discussions of television and time travel and all of those exciting things, discussions from time to time about other aspects of life, because we don't live by information alone. We're flesh and blood creatures, we need to walk, and we need to eat. Now, I first became really aware of Trader Joe's about Six months ago, I had been eating food from Trader Joe's because my wife had been shopping there and I'd been shopping there, but by aware of it I mean thinking of Trader Joe's as something more significant than just a place that you pick up something to eat from time to time. And strangely enough, uh, my wife and I were at a science fiction convention in New Jersey, and I was sitting at a table doing a signing and there were a few other authors sitting around the table and uh, as often happens uh, at these kinds of events sometimes the place is really crowded and you have a lot of people clamoring to get your autograph other times you're lucky if you get one person wandering in dazed, confused, probably in the wrong room uh, in a half an hour's time and Unfortunately, this time was one of those times, but I can't even remember how it happened, but somehow we started talking about getting good food to eat, and the name Trader Joe's came up, and I began saying, you know, one of the things I really love about Trader Joe's are these chicken nuggets. You put them in the microwave for a minute, they're really delicious. They're not overcooked, they're tender, they're juicy they're really fabulous. And this other writer, uh, seated at the table, said, you know, I love them too. They're spectacular. And she and I, my wife, began talking about all the great things that you could get at Trader Joe's. And before we knew it, the half an hour had gone by. We hadn't signed too many books, but we had had a delightful conversation and discovered something to both of our surprises, actually more than two of us, there are other writers at the table as well, and that was, hey, Trader Joe's is an exceptional place. Now, what makes it so exceptional? There are a lot of places that sell pre-prepared food. There are a lot of places that sell organic food. But let's face it, usually it's really hard to pick something up at any store And bring it home, and within just a few minutes, cook up a really delicious meal. And I know this sounds like a commercial for Trader Joe's, but hey, they deserve the credit. And my wife and I eat Trader Joe's food nowadays at least, oh, I don't know, two, three times a week. And uh, we really love it, and it's easy to prepare. I'm not going to go over all the various things you can get there. Uh, Trader Joe's aren't yet located in many parts of of the country, but I expect they're going to be very successful uh, in coming years. Uh, Like many stores of this sort, uh, Trader Joe's started out in California uh, years ago, and uh, it's recently come to the East Coast, and it seems to be doing very well, at least where we live, uh, a little north of New York City. Now, the ability to buy food, and bring it home and very quickly prepare it is more than just a a convenience. One of the books I read about 15 or 20 years ago was a work called Mechanization Takes Command, a rather imposing title by a philosopher and a historian whose name is Siegfried Gideon. And I won't bother to spell that for you, but I'll put his name on the uh, website, lightonlightthrough.com, in the uh, notes for this show. The name of the book, again, is Mechanization Takes Command. And one of the things that Gideon talks about in this book is what happened to society when bread was something that suddenly people were able to buy in stores originally, of course, in bakeries and groceries, and then later in supermarkets. What happened when people no longer had to prepare bread and bake bread? And according to Gideon, and if you think about it, it's common sense, it had all kinds of unforeseen consequences. One of the most important is that women were freed from the yoke of having to stay home and bake bread, although I'm sure, you know, a lot of women enjoy doing it. It is an enjoyable thing to do, but, you know, it's pretty much of a chore, and that enabled them to do other things with their lives, go out and pursue professional careers while taking care of a home at the same time. So who knows what Trader Joe's will do in terms of its impact on society. Will people go out less to restaurants? Well, my wife and I do go out to restaurants a lot, but we've both noticed that the more we eat food that we're able to buy at Trader Joe's, well, obviously, the less we go out to restaurants. And it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens uh, in the years ahead. I'm sure restaurants will be able to adjust, and uh, living close to New York City, there are so many restaurants. Uh, People love to eat out. So do we. But on the other hand, it's great having the capacity to get food at a place like Trader Joe's, prepare it literally in minutes in many cases, and and have an excellent uh, dinner. And I have to say there's something else about Trader Joe's. Sometimes places just have magic. About two or three months ago, my wife and I were shopping in our local Trader Joe's, and I heard a very familiar voice uh, in the store. And it wasn't a live voice, it was a recording. And the voice was Wolfman Jack. Hey, yes, the Wolfman! Well, that doesn't sound too much like Wolfman Jack, but those of you who may remember Wolfman Jack, he was uh, in the movie American Graffiti, he had a television show, The Midnight Special, he was a pretty important disc jockey out on the West Coast, and he worked for WNBC AM Radio, in the early 1970s, and actually, I had the pleasure of working with him for a little while. I'll save that story for another uh, podcast. But the point is, I can't remember the last time I heard Wolfman Jack's voice. And here, my wife and I were going shopping, you know, loading up on some good grape juice and popcorn and those chicken nuggets that I told you about. And all of a sudden, over my shoulder, I hear the old Wolfman howling and talking. Now, it wasn't really magical. It's just that Trader Joe's had the brilliant idea of piping in an XM radio show with Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack's original radio shows from the late 1960s. And it was, it was really spectacular, not like any other oldies station I'd ever heard before. I can't imagine hearing Wolfman Jack or anything like that in any other supermarket. So, if you like Wolfman Jack, if you like good food, by the way, it's not very expensive either, really, Uh, you like eating well, and you like being able to prepare the food quickly, uh, take my advice, go to Trader Joe's, you won't be sorry. You'll be like my wife and me, and these other writers at that science fiction convention, you'll wind up not only enjoying it, but talking your head off about it. Oh, and I should mention, by the way, so you don't get the wrong impression, and I don't get my head handed to me, that my wife is actually a great cook. Actually, seriously, she is. And she makes great dinners with all kinds of ingredients. It doesn't matter whether they come from Trader Joe's or any place else. She has a lot of talent as a cook, But what makes Trader Joe's great is that when we want to do other things and when times of the essence, you can literally get a delicious dinner in, I don't know, under 15, 20 minutes, and that's really extraordinary.
1: This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's BlueberryWithNoEase.com.
0: Yes, we are indeed, and this seemed like a good time to tell you about the Blueberry.com community because Trader Joe's also sells delicious blueberries when they're in season. But let's now go on to the Mo part of our show, that is, the more in addition to Trader Joe. And you may remember a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast called Every Eye, a Camera, Every Ear, a Microphone. And that podcast was about how increasingly in this world, wherever you go, someone might be recording you, doing a a video of you, and that can easily end up on YouTube. And I was therefore very interested to see that uh, last week, Time Magazine which every year, as I'm sure you know, chooses its person of the year. I mean, over the years, these have ranged from great people like John F. Kennedy to monsters like Adolf Hitler and everything in between. It's, it's really just the person who has had the most impact on the events in the previous year. So Time Magazine chose as its person of the year for 2006 you, us, all of us, that is the people who are supplying the content to YouTube. And this is very much part of what I had in mind in every eye is a camera, every ear is a microphone, because what has happened is that the production of content, things that we see on television, listen to on the radio, listen to on podcasts, watch on videocasts, Although that used to be something that a small group of professionals would do, now it's something that everyone does. And it's become almost as easy to make a video of something and then get it seen by potentially millions of people as it is to just have a a conversation with a friend of yours. But there are actually other aspects to this as well. And one of the most interesting things uh, that happened in the past week was the enormous success of a video clip that originated on Saturday Night Live. And the way it was referred to on Saturday Night Live, this video, was special treat in a box. There was a little even song that goes with it. Special treat in a box. Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg were the two guys who put this little skit together. It's really hilarious. Uh, And since this isn't uh, an X-rated or even an R-rated podcast, I won't tell you exactly what that special treat in a box is, but suffice to say, uh, it's the significant part of the male anatomy. Now, when this skit was shown on Saturday Night Live, the word that would tell you what the treat was, was bleeped out of the skit. This is not what the producers, of course, wanted. This is what, you know, NBC, uh, as all the networks are forever quaking in their boots about the FCC, even though the Federal Communications Commission in its attempted enforcement of what it sees as decency, is in my view acting totally, totally in complete ignorance of and in complete contempt of the First Amendment, which clearly says Congress shall make no law prohibiting freedom of speech or the press. But even so, that hasn't stopped the FCC and, sadly, the Supreme Court from cracking down on broadcast media that just want to present material that these television stations and radio stations think might be of interest to their listeners. So we live in a society in which even a program like Saturday Night Live has to bleep out a word, lease some person somewhere, get offended, and write to the FCC. And by the way, very often these complaints that the FCC receives are really campaigns that are organized by special groups like the Parents Television Council, Anyhow, so NBC uh, broadcast this delightful skit, Special Treat in a Box, and they bleeped out the word, and literally within minutes after that skit was broadcast, there was a version of it that was put up on YouTube, and pretty quickly after that, there was a complete uncensored version of it that was available on YouTube. And at first, NBC was concerned about that. You know, YouTube doesn't have the right to put up to the general public NBC's content. But then, NBC saw the light. And now, actually, both NBC and YouTube have two versions of Special Treat in a Box. One, the bleeped version. The other, the original skit. Which was, of course, what the writers and the producers of Saturday Night Live wanted to be aired in the first place. So this is a, a really hilarious skit, and and I I highly recommend it. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time, and I, and I couldn't help thinking that thank goodness for YouTube, because now it doesn't matter if stations run scared from the FCC and its unconstitutional witch hunts against what it sees as indecency. It doesn't matter because as long as someone has the original tape and they're willing and able to put it up on YouTube, the world is not deprived of this content. Okay, enough politics and media analysis. Let's get back to a little B.J. Cunningham. And here is one of his best songs, in my opinion, Still Here.
1: Pretty much the same There's nothing I can tell you that is new I've been hanging around Going to the same spots in town I'm still here for you Wow I'm still here for you
0: Still Here for You by B.J. Cunningham. And you know, that's the way I feel about you. I'll still be here for you next week and through all next year and hopefully many, many years to come. Now, this uh, cut comes from B.J. Cunningham's Frontiers album, and you can get the album on iTunes. And the acoustic version of Over the Rainbow comes from B.J. Cunningham's acoustic album. And as you can tell, he not only is a very talented songwriter, but a really accomplished acoustic guitarist. You can also uh, find more about B.J. Cunningham on his webpage and on his MySpace page. And if you go to lightonlightthrough.com, you'll find the exact links there that you can use to get to B.J. Cunningham's pages. Let's go to some email. And in fact, uh, for this podcast, there's just one piece of email I wanted to share the gist of with you. It's from Finn Five Fell. And actually, he uh, read the piece I wrote about the new James Bond movie, Casino Royale, which was also the subject uh, of a podcast uh, about a month ago. But Finn fell read the blog post that I put up uh, about that topic on my paullevinson.blogspot.com blog. And Finn fell said, you know, he agrees with me that the puns were missing in Casino Royale, but it didn't matter to him. He still thought that was a spectacular movie, and in his opinion, the best of all the James Bond movies. Well, I still wouldn't go that far, but I have to admit that as time is going on, I don't even miss the puns all that much. Maybe puns aren't that important in the long run, or in the long pun. Okay, okay, I promise I'll try to stay away from those puns. But I do want to say that, uh, for some reason, some movies get better and better. Uh, In retrospect, other movies get worse and worse. And Casino Royale certainly seems even better to me now than when I first saw it. Promo. Hey, you know what that is, our promo suite. It's going to be a very abbreviated promo suite for this podcast because, you know, with the holidays and all the spending and the pressure, you've had enough promos. But, you know, regardless of how abbreviated the light on, light through podcast promo suite ever gets, it will always have room for the Mike Thinks podcast. And the reason for that is, plain and simply, because it's such an excellent podcast. Just the other day, Mike Thinks did a piece about fair use and its limits and people who abuse it and take advantage of the intellectual property of other people. And it was one of the best explanations uh, and assessments and analyses of fair use and intellectual property on the internet that I've come across in years. So that's at MikeThinks.com, and you'll hear that promo in a few seconds. But for now, let me wish all of you once again a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Great Kwanzaa, Wonderful Winter Solstice, whatever it is you celebrate. All the best to you and yours. I'll be back with you again here next week with uh, another episode of Light On and Light Through just in time uh, for New Year's Eve, actually a day before. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy.
1: Check out the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com.